It is a little warm in here. Um, if if you're really warm and by a window, feel free to try to get it open, but otherwise just endure it, okay? Psalm 147, you follow along as I read. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked down to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp of our God, who covers the heavens with clouds, who prepares rain for the earth, who makes grass to grow on the mountains. He gives to the beast its food and to the young ravens that cry. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of man. The Lord takes pleasure in those that fear him in those who hope in his mercy. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your children within you. He makes peace in your borders and fills you with the finest wheat. He sends out his command to the earth. His word runs very swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters the frost like ashes. He cast out his hail like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? He sends out his word and melts them and causes his wind to blow and the waters flow. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and his judgments to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any nation. And as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise the Lord. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do desire to praise you because you alone are worthy of praise. And we ask that your spirit would be our teacher so that we would more efficiently know you and more effectively praise you. I just acknowledge my dependence on you. I pray that you would give a spirit-directed hearing today and that your spirit would make the application of these truths to each of us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. I can remember growing up hearing the statement, all good things come to an end. You know, it may be uh, you, you were out baling hay and you took a little break to get some water and then the farmer you were working for would say, well, all good things come to an end. Let's get back to it. And you go, ah. you know, you knew you had to. but um, And you realize early in life, we're, we're built with this aspect of things come to an end. Um, you've also heard there is a limit to everything. I mean, you can push it to the limit and... Um, you can wrap it up so many RPMs, but you 
push it too far and there's a limit to everything, okay? Um, and, and we understand that. We're, we're built, it's, it's in our DNA, this aspect that everything is limited. But in our study in the attributes of God, today we're looking at this aspect that God is infinite, meaning that God is not limited. We read in Psalm 147 and verse 5, His understanding is infinite. And in Job 11, we read it says, Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens. Who can, who can understand that? They are deeper than the depths of the grave, it says in Job 11 and verse 8. The measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. The infinity of God means that he is limitless, that he is measureless and boundless. We are measurable. He is not measurable. We are limited. He is not limited. We are bound by certain constraints and restraints. Honestly, from the very beginning, the moment a child is born, what happens? They weigh it. Weigh him or her, not it, okay? Six pounds, eight ounces, 20 inches long, okay? Immediately, right from the start, we, we show that, that we are all about measure. Um, it's, it's designed. And measurements can be very reassuring as well to know this is the property that we bought and these are the measurements of it. Uh, many of you are probably familiar with the number of years old movie Hoosiers about a group of farm boys played basketball in Indiana and went to the state finals, and it was going to be held in this massive coliseum, and they were playing against this huge city team, and and the comparison from their little cracker box gym to where they were playing. And you remember what the coach did when they went in to see the gym. He handed someone a tape measure, and he said, Measure the distance from the backboard to the free throw line. And they measured it, 15 feet. He said, that's the exact same back in our gym, isn't it? He said, measure the distance from the top of the rim to the floor. And they measured it. And he said, that's the exact 10 feet. That's the exact same back in our gym. He said, everything we need is the same right here. And he gave them assurance. There's assurance in certain things when it comes to measurement. But then when it comes to God, there's no way that he can be measured. He is boundless. He is limitless. He cannot be measured. And... He cannot be limited by time. We are very time-oriented. 
In about a half hour, some of you will be looking at your clock, all right? Some of you have already have your internal clock set for 5.30 this evening, all right? Um, some, some people, you don't even need an alarm clock. You just wake up the same time every day. Some, some do that, right? And, and some it's not necessarily the same time every day, but you wake up one minute before your alarm goes off every day, right? There's some of you that do that. And, and we are, we are all very time conscious. God is not limited by time. In fact, we'll get into this more as we look at other attributes, but he can't go to the past or go to the future because he is there. We can't comprehend that. He's here. He's there. He's not limited by time or space or matter. There is no point. There is no edge. There is no line that this is God and then over here there's nothing confining God. No, no size, no weight. You can't catalog God. And through scripture we find this aspect that God is infinite. Meanings, he is not limited. He existed before creation. He is not limited by creation. And because he is spirit, he is not limited by material objects. Now, skeptics come along and say, if God has no limits, he must be both good and evil. He must be both existence and non-existence. He must be both weak and strong. This is what skeptics say. Norm Geisler, who spoke at one of our family camps and just uh, is home with the Lord now, but just a, a, a great mind of God. Norm Geisler answered the skeptics in this regard. When we say that God is unlimited, we mean he is unlimited in his perfections. Evil is not a perfection. It is an imperfection. There is nothing imperfect about God. The same is true of non-existence, of weakness, of ignorance, of temporalness, and other characteristics that imply limitation or imperfection. We might say that God is limited in that he can't enter into limitations like time and space and weakness and evil, at least not as God. He is only limited... By unlimited perfection. So, evil is imperfection. God is perfect. So, he doesn't go into that. His limitlessness does not mean that he is evil and good. His limitlessness is He is perfect in all his ways, 
and his perfection is unlimited. He can't go into unperfection, and if you would call that limited, then you would say he is limited in his perfection because he cannot be imperfect. And you might say, blah, 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 I don't get that. Well, let me just try to bring down what God is infinite. I used to, and and this shows my mental ability, I used to get, and still sometimes do, I may even this morning, I used to get infinite and finite mixed up. Any of you ever do that? Huh? Okay. Finite means limit. We are limited. We are limited how long we are going to live. We are limited by our knowledge. We are limited by our strength. There are so many limits that we have. But God is unlimited. And so I want to mention some ramifications of this. Number one, God is greater than we are far greater than we are. And that is an excellent thing. If God were not greater than us, then he could not be God. He would not be God. Everything created is limited. All the gifts of nature, everything God created is limited. I mean, the sun is limited. God created the sun. And there's going to come a day when he'll darken the sun. The sun is, is limited in, in the regard to its, its orbit and, and our orbit and all of the things in the world. Everything that God created is limited, including man. Even though we are made in the image of God, we are made in the image of God But he alone is God, and he is far greater than we are. Secondly, since God is infinite, it means God is greater than Satan. Satan is limited. Amen. And God is not limited. I mean, just that alone. You look around, and you see the world we're in today, and it seems like Satan has is unlimited in what he's able to do. Satan is limited, and you read the book of Revelation, and you will find out how limited he is. And even not just in the book of Revelation. Satan is on a leash. Satan is limited. He's already a defeated foe. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he conquered sin and death and Satan. And and we need to be reminded, sometimes Satan looms so big, and we need to be reminded, only God is infinite. And God is greater than Satan, and, and to understand that gives us peace. Thirdly, sin is limited. In realizing sin is limited, that means suffering is limited. There will be an end of sin, 
And there will be an end of suffering. There will be no end of God. And, and that ought to encourage our hearts that sin is limited. In our own bodies, sometimes it seems like sin rules over us. In the world, we look around, it seems like sin is not limited at all. It's like a, a brush fire. It's just sweeping across the land. Only God is infinite. Only God is not limited. And sin is limited. And sin brings suffering. And there is suffering in our world today. There is suffering in our lives today. But the day is going to come when the suffering will end. Because only God is infinite. Fourthly, and it's very important that it follows number three, God's grace is not limited. Where sin abounded, Romans 5.20, grace did much more abound. And, and in understanding God's goodness is not limited, and, and whatever sin, it never reaches the point that God's grace cannot cover it. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And the grace of God, oh no, we made it to 2020 and God's running out of grace. No. God is limited in His grace, unlimited in His grace. And we are limited in our, in our purposes. And the reality is, the comfort that that ought to bring to us in realizing this. And number five, God's love is not limited. You can't measure His love. His love is boundless. It, it, it has no bounds because it is the nature of God and God is infinite. I mean, all this stuff is beyond our comprehension, but we need to comprehend as much as we can in this regard. And it ought to produce in us a, a genuine sense of security and peace and confidence. When we know Satan is limited, sin is limited, grace, God's goodness, God's love are unlimited because it is his very nature. If you limit it, then he would cease to be God. And because of this, we rejoice that the best is yet to come, and it will. There is coming a day when sin's limit will be reached. And suffering and Satan's limit, he will be bound for a thousand years, and then after that, he will be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. Never more to tempt, never more to deceive, never more to attack God. Now, turn it with me to Isaiah chapter 40. God is unlimited. 
Isaiah chapter 40, and notice verse 25. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 25. To whom then will you liken me, or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. Who brings out their host by number? He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and by the strength of his power. Not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary They shall walk and not faint. This passage brings out the greatness of God and applies it to our own life. And understanding this, understanding the infinity, the limitlessness of God, should cause us to do four things. Number one, it should cause us to fear God. From this standpoint, He is so great and he is so big and so limitless and so boundless. Just the fact that I can't understand him makes me stand in awe of him. And we should have a reverence and an awe and a fear of God. We bear the image of God, but he alone is God. We can never be. As God, Satan in the Garden of Eden said, you will be like God. We, we can never be like God. We, we, we will never be gods. Many religions teach that you'll become a God. No, there is one God who is infinite, who is limitless, boundless, and unmeasurable. And, and before the infinite God we should stand in silence before him. Whoa, this, you notice what we read. He, who brings out the, the stars at night? And he calls them all by name. How many of you said, I've had, tr- I have trouble remembering names, huh? How many of you say that? How many of you parents have gone through three or four kids before you get the right kid's name? All right, see? This is a God that is unlimited. And and we, with all our science, have no idea how many stars there are. We're always finding more galaxies. and, And we can't even... And God, in His limitless wisdom, calls every one of them by name. And when you pay so much money to name a star after you, he, he knows that you changed the name of that star and he's got that down too, alright? If you want to throw money away, put it in the offering plate. It will go to better use than naming a star after you, okay? That's not throwing money away. That's throwing the gospel to people, alright? But this is a God, this great God. 
that if we realize the greatness to stand in awe, when you realize the greatness of someone, you stand in awe of him. Secondly, the infinity of God should cause us to praise him. It mentions here in in Isaiah that Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. When I reach the limit of my strength, I rejoice that God's strength has no limit. When I reach the limit of my wisdom, I praise God that God's wisdom has no limit. When I reach the limit of my power, I rejoice that God has no limit in his power. And every limitation that you come across in life, is a message from God to tell us, I am limited, but praise God, God is not. And life has this unwavering truth that all your life you will be finding things that you are limited in. And the older you get, the more you find wisdom. And I don't care what diet you follow, And what food you eat and what exercise you do or what heritage you have, you will not live forever, but God lives forever. And it ought to make us praise God. God, I am, I am temporal. I am limited in all my ways. But God, I praise you that you are not limited in wisdom or power or strength or glory or anything. And every reminder of our limitations ought to be a reminder to us that God is unlimited. And it ought to make us praise him and rejoice in him. Thirdly, It should make us reject self-worship. Why would I worship self? I'm limited in every area. And we read in Psalm 147, God takes no pleasure in the strength of a horse. God knows, whoa, man, look at that horse. Or in the legs of a man. God's not going to watch the Super Bowl today and say, wow, look at that guy, how he can jump or run or kick the ball. He is not impressed with man because everything about man is limited. And he says, let him that glories, glories that he knows the Lord. And he said, Trust in the Lord. So it's rejecting. We, we are born with the sense of self-worship. And we many times Christianize it. God, help me to be better. No, it's not about us. It's about God. 
And then fourthly, the infinity of God should cause us to fully trust God alone. When we ask another human being to be unlimitedly trustworthy, we are asking a human being to be what only God can be. You understand? Here's what happens. Couples meet, they date, they see all the good in the other person, they get married, they're on a honeymoon stage for a while, and then they start getting their eyes open, right? I didn't know he was like that. I didn't know she had this about her. Why? Because we as human beings are limited You're never going to marry a perfect person. Those of you that are married know that. Those of you that are not married, I just popped your balloon if you're thinking that, all right? And yet, in life, we expect our boss to be perfect. No, You're asking him to be something that he can't. We're asking a husband, a wife. We're asking children. We're asking our neighbors. We're asking the Kansas City Chiefs or whoever we're asking to be. Only God is perfect. And we get mad at people because we're expecting them to be infinite. Infinite. We don't, we don't really say that, but we're expecting them to not fail us. I don't care who it is. Every human being will fail you because every human being is limited. And that's why he says it is better to trust in God than to put confidence in man. Because only God is not limited. You know, we, this unlimited thing, we, Get this cell phone, it has unlimited data program. You know what I mean? Say, oh man, unlimited. Yeah, 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 I want that. Why do we not trust God? He is unlimited in every area. But we are prone to trust our wisdom, the wisdom of man, the wisdom of others, the strength of man, the strength of others. If we really understood that God alone is unlimited, we would trust him entirely. And we would praise him. And it would deal with our self-worship. And we would be committed to, to obeying him because we respect him. And the reality of this that God is unlimited in all his ways. Man, it, it, it ought to, we ought to walk out of here today saying, man, God, you have called me to you, the unlimited one, the one who limits sin, who limits Satan, who's going to bring an end of all that and make all things right. And you want to minister in my life? I'm all in, God. And there is no way we can measure the depths of his love. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, unlimited, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The songwriter wrote and understood the the reality of the infinite God. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star. It reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair, Adam and Eve, bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure. And it is the saints and angels' song. Why? Because it's limitless. God is infinite in all his ways. In his perfection, there is no limit. He says, could we with ink the ocean filled, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above, would drain the oceans dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole that stretches from sky to sky. You can't write. If, if the ocean were ink and every little stalk on earth, every little weed and every little human being were starting to, we could not write of the greatness of God's love. And I trust you know his love. I trust there has been a time where you have realized you're separated from God by sin and understand your sin, as great as it is, is no limit for the grace of God. For by grace are we saved through faith. That not of ourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And to be brought into a relationship with Jesus Christ. To be brought into a relationship with God the Father. Infinite, limitless in all His ways. Should cause us to perpetually have joy. To rejoice that God is the greatest. Do you understand? Unlimited in all His ways. And someday... Everything else will be revealed in its limitedness. And he alone will be left. Unlimited. He is infinite in all his ways. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us to catch a glimpse of your infinite nature, that there is no limit, that there is no way we can measure your grace and your love and your perfection, your wisdom, your strength, your glory. 
But Lord, may it motivate us to stand in awe of you. May it fill our hearts with praise to you. May it cause us to run from trusting or worshiping anything that is limited. And Lord, help us not to look to other people to do what only you can do. Only you can forgive sin. Only you can give wisdom. Only you can give grace. Only you can give strength. May we fully trust you because you are limitless in all your ways. We rejoice in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's